You are listening to The Path Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. Welcome to another episode of The Path Podcast. The Path Podcast, sorry. Nathan here. Hey, this is Tawny, and I want to welcome Megan back to the show. Hello. Megan from The Path. Yep, Megan from The Path. (laughs) And then we have a really cool guest tonight, um, longtime Path Race Team um, person and recent Leadville um, killer, Dan Blurton. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Did I pronounce your last name right? Yeah, that was right. Cool. And then Auk, as always. It's good to be here. Cool. So um, Nathan was, gonna, or I'm, I'm sorry, Megan was getting into some shop news. Yes, I haven't done this for a while, so I'm still getting used to <laughs> talking in the microphone. <laughs> shop news. All right. Well, let's plug the weekly shop rides, which have been going very well. So we're still doing Women's Wednesday every other Wednesday. So we'll, um, I think we're going to do a Lisa on the 12th, and then we have about another month and a half till we lose light, and we can still. Um, do them so that's every other the 12th is the next one uh for september we have a couple exciting events uh on the 29th we are going to be sponsoring slash attending um first a, annual first annual illusion brews <laughs> luge is a um staple trail that we have um here is the luge open right now there it is I heard it's not. Dan's saying it is. Yeah, no, I just seen the other day that someone asked the same question, and yeah, they were saying it is open. Okay, so this is tentative pending the luge maintaining. Yeah, its hopefully, in, hopefully in four weeks it, it will be up and running. And it's at up that property across Santiago Canyon Road from Cook's Corner, right? Yeah. Uh, we'll be in the Cook's Corner parking lot, um, luge and brews, so there'll be um, breweries there handing out samples, and then there'll be a number of bike shops, including the path there, um, demoing out some bikes. How many demos, roughly, do you think we're going to bring? Probably about a dozen. I think that's safe. About May- as, m- as many as we can fit in the van, pretty Basically. much. Mm. Probably, hopefully, some new Santa Cruzes, the Mondraker, um, and any cool other ones. Something that's probably more like, the Luge is kind of like a trail You'd have like a, some trail bikes out there since it's more of that type of trail. The luge is a trail. A, tra- <laughs> a trail. <laughs> All mountain. Um, let's see. <laughs> uh, then the day after, which is a Sunday, the path is going to have, we usually have two sale, big sales each year, and we're going to ha- have our second one. Yes. Um, our second big sale of the year on September 30th. Podcast listeners, you heard it here first. You heard it here this first. This is a podcast exclusive, news breaking. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come out on our, you know, we'll send out an email and, and Facebook and all that in a couple of weeks. We we usually act, don't really tr- announce it until a week or two before the sale. So this is special for our podcast listeners. Yeah, and we just, we just settled on the date. So the 30th. And what day are we having our anniversary party? So anniversary, par- anniversary party is um, October 21st, also a Sunday. Um, so the path is celebrating 20 years this year, the oh, path Tustin. And yeah, I'm 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's we'll my have birthday. <laughs> birthday. And we'll have um, so it's going to be a party as like as opposed to a sale, we'll have some good deals, but we'll have a barbecue, some games, 
um, some rides. Uh, still some coming up vendor with participation, yeah. I think. Maybe some demos. We might have like a, a demo day the day before at the other store, like a demo fair type of thing. It's all kind of coming together. So right now you can expect Salsa there. I think Scott will be there. Pivot. Um, and then probably a fleet. Uh, details to come. Details to come. Am I saying too much? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. I've said too a, much already. A, you're saying more. Party. You're That's... saying more than I know, but <laughs> <laughs> surprise. Man, twenty we'll years. How does that make you feel? Oh, you're talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking to me? I've only been there six years. Are you talking to me? I have gray hair now. I was a young man when I started the shop. <laughs> Twenty-four years old. Crazy. Twenty-four. Now you're forty-four. It's weird how that happens and how everyone who had little kids back then, those kids are grown-ups now. It's a good thing you got two engineers here to oh, cover man. the math. <laughs> that was some heavy lifting I just did, by the way. Yep. All right. She graphed that. I know. Um, well, I, I don't think there's any other like solid dates to announce, but since we are coming towards the end of the year, we're uh, if anyone's looking for a race team to be on... The path is starting to take applications. We're getting towards that. Well, point, while we're yeah. talking about it too, we're still figuring out who our new manager is going to be too. Oh yeah, I'll uh, be. If anyone wants to raise their hand, Megan <laughs> <laughs> is accepting applications. I'm accepting <laughs> applications. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. So Dan, um, <laughs> um, but that's it for me. Cool. Thanks for the shop news, Megan. Yeah, no problem. So Dan. Yes, sir. You just did Leadville, but let's go, before we get too deep into that, like, let's go back, like, tell us, I'd be curious, I have this imagination of it's this conversation starting, like, your first ever hearing about Leadville, your first perceptions of it, and like the, how you came to decide you wanted to do it. So I guess it was probably, I think it was 2006 when they came out with the movie, The Race Across the Sky. Oh, rad, yeah. Um, There was... Me and probably 10 of my buddies, we went. They premiered it here in Orange County. We went and watched it. Uh, that was the year that Lance Armstrong raced it. Um, him and Todd Wells were battling it out throughout the whole movie. To me, it just it looked like a heck of an adventure. I wanted to try it from that point on. Um, I got out of mountain biking for a little stint after that. And then once I got back into it, it's always been in the back of my mind. And so oh, cool. I've always kind of one of those races, a bucket list race that I've always wanted to do. Um, I've put in for a lottery draw on it for the last couple of years. So this year I was finally lucky enough to qualify to get to go there. And I know you, you do a ton of XC racing and you kill it around here at the, um, regular XC. Do you do a lot of marathon type stuff? I, this year uh, I do. I actually prefer, um, a lot of endurance racing. I like it better than the XC race. Yeah. Um, I, this year I felt I, I was, so this year I stepped up the racing cat one. I was really nervous. I didn't think I was at the cat one level yet. Um, I kind of, I didn't know what to think until I went to the first one and realized like, well, I, I can hang with these guys. So I felt pretty good. So I kind of stepped up my training program a little bit for the XC side to, cause I wanted to win. Yeah. Um, cause awesome. I, I hate losing. So, <laughs> so I like to how you're not the yeah. typical stick figure action. Like you actually have a little bit of meat on your bones for an XC racer. Yeah. I'm pretty fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, it's all relative. My, my diet sucks. Um, for a cat one, way leaner. Don't yeah. be so for a cat yeah. one XC racer. You're muscular. Mm, you're stout. I, you know, I was this year. I had to kind of figure out what I was going to do. You look um, like you actually have an upper body. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny when you tow the line and see some of these guys, and then they look at you kind of like, well, who's this guy? <laughs> and then we go and play, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, you did pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> this year was a pretty fun year. I actually did a lot of bucket races or bucket list races that I've wanted to do. Um, finally made it to Sea Otter, racing XC, um, finished pr- decent there um, in Cat 1. I was sixth in my age group out of 20 guys or something like that. So I was pretty stoked on that. Also, then I went and did some of those uh, Whiskey 50 in the, um, Carson City, those epic races, which to me were just super fun. The vibe there at all those races were just more fun than probably any other races I've been to. Whiskey 50 and what did you say? The Carson City. Carson City. Um, Epic. I've heard a lot of good things about the Whiskey 50. What's the Carson City all about? So it's the same race promoter that puts it on. Okay. Um, It's part of that Epic series. It's just the vibe there is just rad. I mean, the people are super fun. Uh, Your amateurs are pitting with the pros in the pits, and everyone's hanging out and just having a good time. Friday nights, they have the fat tire crit for the pros. You get to heckle them and have fun with them and... It's, it's just a good vibe. Um, you go out and race, and you race a pretty tough course on the next day. They usually have a good 50-mile loop that is going to test you. So to me, that was pretty good. The Epic Rides, they have like they do Grand Junction. Yeah, Grand Junction. They, ha- they had like that, three, and the, they were stepping it up a little bit The new bit more. one they built, or they have in Bentonville, Arkansas, too, this year. Yeah. Which they looked pretty fun. You've done that a couple times, right? I've now, done the Whiskey 50. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone always comes back with a smile on their face it's from that. It's really yeah, fun. It and is. even besides the writing's great, but like Dan said, like the vibe is really is really fun and they always have like a show, um, like a concert um there and then the crit races the night before it. So it's it's kind of like a party and it's it's good vibes. Roughly how many feet of climbing for the whiskey? The whiskey I think was like six thousand feet. Okay. It wasn't too bad. And Single track, fire road? Uh, there was probably 50-50 on the Whiskey 50. Uh, the Carson City race was probably, I would say, 70-30 single track. It was You did the flume trail. up. You basically started in Carson City, rode all the way up to Lake Tahoe, and did like the flume trail and did some super fun trails. You went all the way up to, I want to say, almost 10,000 feet elevation. That sounds like the one to do. Yeah, it was... Uh, like You wanted to stop on the flume trail and take pictures because the view was just awesome. But again... You're racing, so you can't really... On the clock. Yeah, so... (laughs) But, yeah, so that's... uh, Is that about 6,000 feet of climbing as well? That one, I think, yeah, it was like 6,500 feet. But I think you were saying it was a lot harder. It was tougher because it was more single track. The Um, climbing was was single track, too. Yeah, single track. Um, They had fire roads, but they were steep, loose Mm. fire roads. And they also had, like, some techie, like, single track rock hopping, you know, that you had to climb that kind of took zapped you from it. Um yeah, that was a that was a super fun race. I had fun at that one. But uh, again, I was training this year mainly for XC. So uh, after I realized I was in the points for a local series in Southern California, I wanted to finish out the year and try to win the championship in that. So how did the, so you were working your work your your training was more like um, XC style, like shorter, explosive, a little bit. Yeah, well, earlier this year I did a lot of base miles. I just re- just rode basically just rode my bike and just put hours and hours on the bike. Road, mountain, mainly mountain. Santa um, Ana's or Santa Ana's, Laguna, Aliso. Uh, did I would just go and do thirty, forty, fifty mile rides during this winter just to build a solid base. Once I feel like I had a decent base, I started doing more intervals and hill repeats and trying to work on speed. So that that was 
that was kind of my where I was at with with that. Uh, we also just went to doing all the endurance, like here and there in the endurance races. But then also in the back of my mind, I wanted to go to uh, Tahoe, the Tahoe Trail 100, and qualify for Leadville. So you did that. So I did do that. <laughs> Were you solo up there? You have a uh, training partner? Racing? No, I was. I, 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 there was a buddy of mine that went that was up there too, racing it. He was already he already qualified the year before, so he was up there just trying to up his starting position for Leadville. So I went out there and uh, I might have went a little too hard at the beginning because I had a lot of pressure on myself trying to <laughs> make it into Leadville. Uh, first, so it was Tahoe Trail 100 was a two lap course. It was uh, 30 miles each loop and about 3,500 feet of climbing each lap. So is that 100 kilometers? Yeah, 100 kilometers. And I felt decent the first lap until like the turnaround point, and then all of a sudden my legs cramped. <laughs> so we had another 30 miles of battling with that, which we battled through and got through. I didn't make it into Leadville on position-wise there. I got, I think, eighth or ninth in position there. But then at the end of that, they do a random draw out of a hat, and I was able to, I was the very first person drawn out of the hat for the coin to go to Leadville. Whoa. So you're in. Nice. So, yeah. So what I are think, you thinking right there? Like, uh, yes, or like, oh, crap. Like, I, actually, yeah, I was. <laughs> maybe next year. <laughs> no, I was, I was like, this is obviously fate. It was on my side on this one. Um, yeah, I was pretty stoked. I actually was like, holy cow, I'm going to Leadville now. Now I got to figure out the. Leadville was only three weeks away from that race. Oh, so there's no chance to like recalibrate your training. No. Or, oh <laughs> no. man. So I was like, okay, well, here we go. It's now, time to start tapering at that yeah, point. Yeah. Like I had a couple big rides in between there and then it was like, yeah, start tapering and uh, figuring out logistic wise of how I'm getting to Leadville and what I'm doing and all that stuff. You rode your Scott Spark RC? Yes. The Scott Spark RC Pro 900. I uh, love that bike. A super, super rad bike. Um, Seems like a good choice for that event. Yeah, it climbs super well. The dual suspension climbs super well, but also descends, I feel, just as good. As, you use uh, that lockout a lot? I Yeah, actually, I ride that lockout on that bike probably, I would say, like 70% of the time. Both positions? Uh, all three positions? All three positions, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Um, it's been, I think, uh, yeah, you can definitely feel when the lockout is or when you need to service your suspension on that thing. <laughs> I, yeah. um, I have put a lot of miles on that bike this year. So. Yeah. Yeah, you ride hard. You, you, you've you uh, definitely put that bike under some pressure. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've – yeah. <laughs> Could you walk us through some of the other setup, uh, um, how you have that bike set up for Leadville? Tires. So the tire choice I – Tire choice I went with was um, – Kinda Kinda tires, the Saber Pro. Uh super fast tire. Very Team sponsor. Team sponsor, yes. Kinda they huge, huge sponsor for especially for me this year. They helped me out tremendous. Um Thank you, Kenda. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Roger. Roger. Shout out. Roger's huge. the man. He is awesome. <laughs> he had the, the so yeah, I rode with the Kinda Pro or the Saber Pros. Was was my tire choice? What are those like? For Leadville, for Leadville, yes. Two point they're two point two, two point two, probably about uh, like five hundred something grams or something. I think they were five forty. Yeah. What's uh, the race that you did the two point six on? That was a Tahoe. Oh, okay. So yeah, I did a, had a two point six on the front of the, but it was a Saber Pro, which on the XC wheel it actually made it more like a two three. It wasn't a true two six, but it did look like a big balloon up front. So it was cool in the sand. Nice. <laughs> but, that payoff. Uh, I think I could have went a little smaller and probably picked up a little time. <laughs> it's all good. Um, probably look good. So yeah, drivetrain. Honestly, my bike is pretty stock. 
So that's probably exo, mostly XO1 Eagle, I think. Yes. Chain ring, you're running like a 34? 34 all year, but for Leadville, I went dropped down to a 32. Yeah. I, I got scared. <laughs> I, a lot of people I talked to told me that a 32 would be a good choice for Did that payoff. Was that the right move? I think I should have stayed with a 34. I was strong enough to push a 34. You're a little more of a slow cadence guy. Yeah, like I, mm-hmm. I like to hammer more than I do like to. I can't spin. I, I'm, I don't know why I talk with my buddies and they're all spinning away and I can't spin. Because you're a real mountain biker. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of that. So, so yeah, and I uh, had red monkey grips on there. Um, that was really. You do the, the thinner ones or the thicker ones on those red monkey the, grips? Just a standard. I think they're the 5.4 mil, I think. The middle are. size? Yeah. They're standard size. Also, a Speed Tune wheels on there. Uh, thank you, Speed Tune, for the wheels. They've been great all year. Um, Local companies. San, Santa Ana, California business. Really solid. Also, a big shout-out to The Path for helping me out mm-hmm. for the prep hey, for my bike. <laughs> we're for we're super stoked to have you on the team, Dan. Seriously, yeah. that was uh, super Th- happy. Thank you I for being on the team, man. Appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, it's, my bike was – it's really stock. I don't I – don't, I don't really. Which is kind of cool because yeah. you don't just shows like you can ride, you yeah. know, you can still finish Leadville and you don't have to have the top of the line, everything. It is a pretty fancy bike. No, it's a pretty fancy bike, but luckily, and Scott has it's all good pricing. Again. Right. Um, so you're lined up, you're at the start. So now we're going to talk about Leadville. Are we there? Is it well, time? If, if that's what you guys want to talk about, <laughs> we can get there. Uh, I think the journey to Leadville was pretty exciting. Uh, a buddy of mine, me and him, he, the guy that also qualified, we road tripped out there. Oh, nice. So That's we, always the best. Yeah, so we van lifed it. It was pretty rad. Um, first night we took off was a tu- Tuesday before the race. The race was Saturday. We left Tuesday night. Nice. We both have working jobs that, you know, you have to work and <laughs> can't afford to take a week or two off to go acclimate. Yeah. So our idea was just to kind of go there and shock our body. And, but a lot, of, a lot of races this year, we've also been to a lot of altitude races. So we were, I feel, decent with the altitude. So we took off. We headed out. We made The first night we made it to St. George. We stopped in Brinehead the next day and did a little 12-mile ride up to Brinehead Peak just to kind of see how we were, which was 11,000 feet uh, elevation. Felt really good. Didn't push too hard. Had a little fun on uh, Brinehead Bike Park on our way down. Rode some fun trails there. Jumped in the van, and uh, we headed to Bryce Canyon. And mm, went and checked, So beautiful. Oh, that was awesome. Checked that out and got back in the van. And uh, Did you ride at all in Bryce? No, we did not. We I just, think there's good riding there. There was there was some trail maps there saying that there was yeah. some fun stuff there. We uh, Then we took off, and so our next stop we wanted to try to hit was Moab even though we knew it was middle of summer and yeah, it was going to be hot, right. but we were like, dude, we got to hit it. It's Moab, right? So we made Moab the next morning, had breakfast, and then uh, did a little ride, rode that uh, Slick Rock Trail. Mm. And it was it was fun, but really, really hot. Yeah. <laughs> Not recommended that time of year. But uh, we did that and then got in back in the van and headed towards Leadville. We rolled into Leadville Thursday evening about 5 o'clock. And I remember just driving down the main street and just going like, holy cow, I made it. Like, this mm. is this is it to me. It was a, it was a cool feeling, uh, especially after you see the movies and you hear all the hype of this race. Um, from everything I've read, it was you know one of the bigger endurance races for North America. 
most iconic, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, so it was. It was really cool. Um, we got there. We ended up housing with a a guy. We I, I just met when we got there. He had a house right like a block away from the start. So we were there hanging out, and he. So Friday we had. Uh, we went. I don't know. I'm. I got a pre ride something. I like feel like I always have to go like pre ride something the day before a race at least. It's part of your race ritual. Yeah, I try to spin the legs out, try to see where I feel. So this guy we were staying with um asked us to go we sh- he wanted to go check out Columbine, which Columbine is the big climb in Leadville mm. that you climb up to twelve five and that's the turnaround point for the Leadville race. So I was Kind of thinking like, oh, that's probably not a good idea to go do this. But how many coach, you think is this that? is a good idea? Yeah. So we it was. I mean, we started at the bottom. We didn't ride out there. So we drove out there. We set up a, a pit um, for our. We had some guys out there helping us out to give us bottles. At it was like mile forty, and then again at mile sixty was their pit. So yeah, so we did that, and then we climbed about three quarters of it, and I'm like, guys, like, I think this is we should probably turn around. Like, I, I've seen enough of it. I know <laughs> where what to do. So that was that. We went back, got our stuff ready, and then uh, Saturday morning, woke up. Uh, I think it was four o'clock in the morning. 38 degrees <laughs> it was cold <laughs> that's always oh, such a tough decision of how much warmth to bring in a situation like that because you know you're just going to end up carrying it for most of the yeah. day so we i mean the cool part was we had some friends of ours at the starting line and so we i had a big parka on had some sweats all over my kit and so probably about nice. two minutes before the start i peeled it all off um did the first half of the race and just arm warmers in a vest just kind of figured i'm going to freeze for the first I don't know, 20 miles, and then I'll be good after that. Or is it even 20? You were probably not cold even that long. No, you start getting your adrenaline going right there. Um, so, yeah, we start. So we were, we were both in the red corral, which was the third corral off the start. Which So there's, I don't know, there's a 10 or something corral, different corrals, and there's about 200 people in each corral. So many people. It's, I think overall, I think they take like 2,000 people in this race. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so... You really definitely want to, if you ever think about doing this race, try to get to the front of the, get a better corral to start because you don't want to be in the back. Uh, so we, we tow the line and I look over there and there's Todd Wells right next to me. Awesome. And I just like, wow. And I had to like fist bump the dude because I was like, I'm sitting here next to Todd Wells. This is pretty rad. And he was a super cool guy. So we uh, take off and me and my buddy Brian that uh, was there with, we, our plan was to work together, but you know how that goes <laughs> with people. But we took off, and uh, we ha- you have a, like a long pavement section out of town. It's kind of a rolling downhill. You're doing about 30, and there's a lot of people you're trying to maneuver through or watch out for. Um, you also, yeah, so we, we got going, and I, it was pretty cool. I sat on Todd Wells' wheel for a little while to nice. let him oh, pull me around. Awesome. So that was that was pretty awesome, and I just kept thinking, like, wow. <laughs> so we take off and then you hit you hit this uh the first fire road um we're going and there was a big crowd of us and uh you hear some like ruffle rust, rustling in the on the left side there's like a forest on the right side there's a like a big pasture you, i look over and there's like a herd of cows running in yeah. the forest Run, so running running like <laughs> so the leaders already scared them and now they're running and they're Going the same direction we are, but you can tell they're wanting to cut across the road. Oh, man. So everyone behind me kind of started checking up. And from 
my past, I've worked on ranches and worked with cows. I kind of realized I knew how to handle, uh, you know, handle the cows and you can figure out how to read them. So I rode up and kind of, kind of shoot them off the trail. And so everyone was like laughing and clapping for me and <laughs> thanking me like, dude, thanks. That was rad. And so then we take off and we get to the first climb and it's called St. Kevin's. And, uh, it's, you kind of want to hammer to that point cause it kind of turns into a single track climb. That's your chance to pass. Yeah. You, well, you want to get to there because if someone starts walking, then the whole group starts walking. So you don't, you want to get up front where you're with the faster guys that don't have to walk. So we, we hammered up to that point and started making a move up the climb. And, uh, again, we, I think we took off across the line at 140th place. Uh, at that point we started, I just started maneuvering through people. Uh, there was a couple of people that didn't really want to move. So you kind of had to go through them and help them move. Um, <laughs> Rubbin's racing. Yeah. Yeah. We had to kind of just split the middle here and there, but we got through them. We made it to the top. Uh, we, it was You're still with your buddy at this point. I, I dropped him for a minute there cause he, he was checking. He was kind of, he didn't want to push as hard. He didn't thought maybe I was pushing a little too hard, but I, I felt good at that point. So I was going and I wanted to get in a better position to go before this long downhill that I'll get to is. Um, so then we get to the top of there, you hit your first aid station, go down uh, a pavement section and you, you look down, you're doing like 45, you know, miles an hour on this pavement section. So you're full tuck going nice. down and you're kind of looking at the ground going like, Oh, wow, like this could hurt if we go down. <laughs> so you're trying to keep it together and stay away from a guy that could possibly injure day. Then you start climbing and it's, um, start climbing. And I think they call it the sugar loaf climb. And it's a kind of, you start on a fire road and then you turn into like a two track Jeep trail. That's pretty rocky. Almost, almost climbing like climbing to the Santiago peak here in orange County, kind of that fire road kind of right. chunky, big chunky stuff. So you start climbing that and then uh, you get to the top and they call that power line, which is like the infamous, one of the infamous climbs, Yep. but you descend it. Now you're going out and it's kind of like DG really washed out. So you kind of have to pick your lines, but some of these guys in front of you, they don't really know how to descend. So you got to also, pick your line to get around them. To so get you're mostly there. overtaking through most of these phases. Yeah. So you're, <laughs> you start going and that's uh, got to feel good. It was fun. It was uh, mm -hmm. kind of picking the wrong lines, but it was, you know, what are you going to do? You got to get around these guys. So you're kind of bouncing off rocks and having fun going down. And these guys are kind of looking at you like, Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> who's a lot of people on hardtails probably. Yeah. A lot of hardtails, but a lot of people on that ride road. Hardtail mentality too. Yeah, exactly. So we get out there and then you have a flat section, um, across out to, I think mile, I think it's mile 26. So you have a long, like flat road section that you got to get to. So you want to get in a good group and work together with somebody and which I lucked out and I got in a pretty decent group we did have a couple dudes that just sat on our wheel and we had to tell them like, Hey, either help pull or wouldn't take a turn at the yeah, front or get off or, you know, don't stay with us. Cause you know, it's just not fair. So we, we did pretty good going out there. We get to the second aid station, which is they call it pipeline. And we're rolling through there. Um, and it's just masses of people and they're just screaming for you. And you're just like, you know, you don't even know these people, but they're just rooting you on. It was really they're cool. They're stoked feeling. about the race. Yeah. And they had all the, you know, big vendors were out there. You know, SRAM was there, Shimano. They're all out there along the race course, you know, if you needed help or anything. Uh, so we get to that point. I don't stop at that 
that age station. My my plan was to stop at uh, mile 40 where we had right before um, the Columbine climb where we had our own age station set up. With but our, you're feeding along the way. You've got Yeah, yeah. I'm eating, I'm eating goose. I'm eating um, shot blocks. And I'm also – I run EFS in my bottles. Um, I was, so I my plan was to – by mile 40, we're hoping we had split times on our top tubes, so we we're hoping to be at um, pipe or at a the, what's that? Columbine, right at the bottom of Columbine at like two and a half hours was our hope, hope time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we and we actually got there, we we're 15 minutes ahead of schedule mm-hmm. when Sweet. we got there, yeah. So nice. our guys that were helping us out, they were like, Well, we didn't expect you guys this fast, so. Um, that was a pretty cool feeling. Uh, we took off out of there, and you start kind of climbing a, another single track out of there. And another again, that whole aid station was just full of people. And I hear, uh, I hear some like voices like yelling for Dan, and I'm like, who in the heck do I know in Colorado? And I look over, and it's John and Missy from the Nondot. Oh man, and then, awesome! Yeah, so that was a cool feeling to hear them shoot, you know, shouting for us. And so we take off, we go through there, and then you start climbing up Columbine and it's, uh, <laughs> it's just a, it's kind of like, I guess I'm trying to describe it. It's kind of like, uh, basically like maybe like black star kind of hard packed fire road climb about three quarters of the way. And then you get to a two track Jeep trail, kind of goat trailish, big, big rocks that you got to go over. And again, if someone and really steep. And so if someone gets in front of you and stops, then, you know, you got to get off and try mm-hmm. to, either get going again or just hike a little bit for him to get up to the top. Um, yeah. Over the course of the day, all those little on and off the bikes really wear you down too. Yeah. They, I, I, I start cramping when I have to walk. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I got going up that it was felt, had a good pace. We, um, my bike was making a couple little noises. Um, I don't know. It sounded like my rotor might've been a little tweaked, so there, it was kind of making some noise, and I had some guys riding next to me and going, "Come on, really, dude!" And I'm like, <laughs> it happened. Yeah, you can either ride with me or you can ride away from me or whatever. I'm like, yeah. I'm not stopping. <laughs> so we I went to the top and made it up there, and they had an aid station there, and that was the turnaround point for the race. And then you start you start coming down, but then you have this masses of people still climbing. So it's one oh, line like you're going against down. traffic. Yeah, so they're on one. They don't side. split it with a tape or anything. No. So is there room man. to do that? Yeah, there's there's room, but you also have people climbing trying to pass. And like other 2, people climbing. People, yeah. So. so we're at that point we're running top 100 coming down and so there's, you know, at least 1900 people climbing still. Oh man. And so it was uh, kind of a little hectic, but you just kind of had to tippy toe and pick your way through the big rocks and Good thing you guys run a narrow bar as an XC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think they were that narrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we made our way down that and felt like had a pretty decent pace. Just kind of people just rooting for you as you're coming down, and the people that you're racing against. Uh, we got going. I stopped again at mile uh, 60 at our aid station, refueled. I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to have some solids, and uh, we I got going and was holding it in one hand. And right before I exited the aid station area. I noticed like my peanut butter and jelly just fell out of my hand. Now I'm, all I'm holding is the crust. Oh, <laughs> oh bummer. So I was really bummed. I'm like, well, that really sucks. <laughs> so we got, I just kept going and just kind of ate, eating some goose and got where probably get, so now you're headed back towards traffic and 
you're running into people that are still haven't even made it to mile 40 and i'm just thinking wow that's got to be a long day like <laughs> for them but anyway, i mean it was cool we got to uh back to pipeline and our guys that helped us at um mile 40 aid station they met us there and were able to give us water and another peanut butter and jelly which i was stoked on and then uh then you hit mile 80 you hit um that uh, power line climb and it's a steep steep dude and it's like four miles of just i think 14 percent or something like that or 20 i think i don't even know the percentage is pretty some people are riding it or most people are hiking so yeah like you're probably your top 10 pros are riding it um and then you get going i I think i would say i rode probably 60 percent of it and then there's some guys that got off, and so you have to get off. So then, I picture like roughly the steep, steepness of like Canyon Acres or something. Yeah, exactly. But it's one line, okay. um, and it's, narrower. So if they just cut a like it's like a power line. You know, they, you're following up a power line section, and it's like they just cut a cut some trees down, and you know that's the way they go. <laughs> so yeah, I got it. These are where the power lines are. So there's a couple, like, you get to one section, and it kind of flattens out for about five feet, and then it goes back up, and then same thing, kind of, like, stair steps up. So bursts. Yeah, and so you're, I mean, you're everything you have, just granny gear trying to make it up, spinning out wherever if you fall, you know, fall into the ditch or whatever. So you get going. Uh, I had to walk, I would say, probably the last 30% of it. Got got to the top and thought, like, felt good, felt really good, and... So my main goal for this race was to go sub nine. Um, to sub nine is when you get the big gold belt buckle for Leadville. So I was kind of doing the math in my head, trying to figure out where I was and knew I was sub nine ish. So I, I, I figured I just kept going up and then I really forgot the, after that section descending the rest of that other stuff. And it was, um, <laughs> it, was it was, it was steep after that. It wasn't just, I don't know, like, cause so the really steep stuff was like four miles and then you have the more two track climb, but, and it's a lot of like rocks that you got to go up and over and it's exposed in the sun. And I really didn't remember descending all that. And so I kept thinking, and there was a lot of like false flats. And so you think you're at like the top and then you're, nope, got to keep climbing. And a couple of times I had to stop and think about life and Think about what the hell am I doing here? But uh, like, check if you really you're really so still want close. to do this. You know, I mean, I, I, there was no doubt in my mind I, would, I was going to quit. But it was just like, what the hell? Like, why, what is this right here? But it was it was cool. We got so we got going. I just kept going on that. Just kept plugging away and keeping my head down every chance I had. I kind of met some cool dudes along the ride that were kind of helping you along and talk to you and you know, push you along and you'd push them along and kind of just go that way. Uh, you drop off the backside of that and then you got that asphalt downhill. I told you guys about, you know, you got to climb that it's oh, about a, five miles of asphalt it, climb. Is it kind of gradual or no, no, it's steep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it was gradual. I could go back now and it could be gradual, but at that point we're at like mile 90. Right. It was steep. <laughs> but if you're hitting like 40 or 45 on the way down, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it was steep. But the cool part right at the bottom, right before you started the big climb was some people handing you cold towels, like yeah. water towels. And 
I don't know. It looked like they wanted you to throw them off like a hundred yards from where they were, but I like hell no. I just got mine on and I'm right to the top of this sucker. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's the little things. Yeah. yeah, it's hot by that time. Yeah, it was it was pretty warm. I, I think we hit the high of 82, which uh, elevation yeah. is pretty warm. Yeah, um, and and you're in the sun. You're pretty exposed at that out there. So we got going and got to the last aid station, um, which was mile 90. And I remember telling the guy like. They they would fill your bottles for you if you needed them to, and I was out of water at that point. So I told the guy, "Hey, can you fill two of my bottles for me?" And he was, "No, no, you'd only need one to get to the finish." And I was like, "Ah, oh, dude, I, you know, I think I just can I just get two? And he's like, "No, it's only ten miles." And I'm like, "Well, it was fourteen on the way here." So, and I know we go a different route on the way back into town, but uh, could you just please fill me too? Because <laughs> uh, so he did, and thank God he did, because it ended up being fourteen more miles back <laughs> into town. It's a weird time to give someone pushback. I know you're yeah. like, dude, I'm a ninety <laughs> like, mile eighty six. <laughs> I mean, I was like, so they should call it the Tahoe Trail or the Leadville Trail one hundred and four, not the one hundred, oh, because gosh. it's not the one hundred; it's one hundred and four miles actually. Um, so you, you're after that, you start taking off. You have uh, like the your probably last descent that St. Kevin's that you did that we climbed up um, early or first thing in the morning. You, now you're going down that, and so I just kind of put a smile on my face and started having a lot more fun and just realizing where I was and what I was about to accomplish in my for myself. Um, I knew I was on track to go sub nine. I knew as long as I didn't have any mechanicals, I knew I I could finish the race under sub nine. So I just kept going but i also was looking like hmm there's like a possibility i could go a little better than just sub nine so i turned it up and just started pushing pretty hard um i got to <laughs> i thought because the guy was telling me 10 more miles i got to oh man where they kind of took you off a different area and then you turn and you got to climb probably like a two mile gradual dirt road Brutal. back into town and you're like, come on, man. We're at a mile hundred now. Yeah. <laughs> now you're throwing this at me, and uh, but it was it was fine. I just put my head down and just grind away. You finally make it to the top of that, and you make a hard left on some asphalt, and then a hard right on another little asphalt climb. And as you kind of come over this rise, you just see the finish line, and you see all these people. And to me, it was just like a whole lot of different emotions just went through my mind and my body, and it was kind of a rad experience to, mm. I don't know, it's hard to describe the feeling that I had when I saw that and crossing that finish line of finally conquering of some, a race I've always wanted to do. And then I look over at the clock and it was a 808. Um, so, what? so yeah, so I was, I was super stoked and I knew I was getting the big gold buckle and <laughs> I, di I didn't really care about place overall, but uh, it was cool. I ended up finishing 69th overall out of, you know, 2000 racers. Oh man. So man, <laughs> that was, that was huge. I was Great super, accomplishment, super solid Thank number. Yeah. <laughs> it's Gold crazy when you think, I think of rides in the Santa Ana's that take me eight hours and they're like 20 miles. <laughs> and like, I was like, that's crazy. So how many feet of climbing is that? Do you know? Uh, it was like a 12,000 feet of climbing oh, at 104 gosh. miles. And lots of it at. Yeah. You start elevation. at 10, five elevation. So did you feel that? I, I I got really lucky. I don't know if like the shocking my body helped, but I did not. The elevation did not get to me, um, or my buddy that was with me all day. And how did he finish? He beat me. 
Nice. Yeah. He, guys, Dan he, usually always beats him, uh, but I think he got me, and I, I'll give him a shout out. Uh, Brian Davis, he crushed it, and he ran a seven fifty five, and he let me know all the way home that he <laughs> ran a seven fifty five. He probably reminded you, you should have let me help you pace. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I also told him that it's a long walk home from Colorado. Too. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was the experience. It was. Uh, I still can't get over the emotions and the like how you feel a conquering like such a beast like that to me it was and then well, and then to come in kind of so that's so a lot ahead of your goal yeah yeah and I had people tell me that I like that I could do that I can that I should be able to run at that pace but I I didn't know where I would be I didn't know what to expect I didn't know mm-hmm. I didn't even know what to what what it was really you know I mean I watched the movie and I listened to a few podcasts about it and I I didn't know what to expect, um, honestly. So it was, I was super stoked to at least come in that. And now next year, I have bigger goals for you. You think that's a testimony to like high intensity training being a good way to train for endurance? Or if you did it again, would you train more for endurance? Gosh, I don't, it, it's, man, that's a hard one because my, my buddy that I went there with, he trained for endurance all year and he didn't do no high intensity training. And you did mostly and, high intensity. And I did right? mostly high intensity. So I wasn't too far off his pace. And so I feel maybe if I did some more endurance riding, it would help. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to, I, I feel it's hard to train for both, hard to train for XC and endurance in the same year. Um, I don't yeah. Know. I think there is a lot to be said for focusing in on, on, on a discipline. But I also think you're not the first person I've known who's done well in endurance after mostly high intensity. And I think there's kind of Something a school of thought there too. Yeah. Uh, like didn't Luke used to always preach that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess, I guess <laughs> from a, a straight number of hours that you guys might've spent on your bike in the, in the months leading up. Uh, so I was averaging, probably around 12 hours a week on my bike. Um, probably around 150 miles a week, at least 10,000 feet of climbing a week. Yeah. I don't, I mean, to me, I feel like maybe that wasn't enough. There's guys that they're doing 15 to 20 hours a week, but that 12 hours a week is achievable. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. It's very achievable. And they might be practicing going slow. Like compared to you, what you're, I mean, compared to somebody who's, more focused on intensity. I don't know. One thing, well, one thing I did read at one time was like, no matter how many hours a week that you spend on the bike, there's don't no junk miles. Make sure that every mile counts for whatever you're trying to accomplish. Even if you can only train five hours a week, but make those five hours like a solid five hours for you. If that's what your goal is. Right. I mean, if you just want to go have fun on a bike, go have fun on a bike. But if you're training or trying to work towards something, Make every mile count. Don't just. You do heart rate monitor. I do not. No, I I got I went away from it. Um, I I, don't know, I could feel <laughs> when I'm about to explode. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of that was kind of been my theory of okay, like yeah, I'm at that point. You know of, when you're working hard. Yeah, yeah. That's and I high know intensity. When I know yeah, I have. <laughs> when I can't go no more, I can't go no more. So you. I bet a lot of those people do train with heart rate monitors, but again, everything's power monitors. I mean, I mean, power yeah. meters. Yeah. Power yeah. meters. Well, the hard thing with a heart rate monitor coming down, coming from sea level up to there, is it shows such inaccurate 
because power you're, meter you don't do that either i don't know i i need to get one on my bike for this year yes you think that's yeah. the part of the next phase that is the next step to step probably up the a game. cork i guess or i don't know i haven't mm-hmm. even looked into them i just keep being told that i should probably look into that mm-hmm. yeah you gotta I go mean, you, you no, gotta get, no i'm good right now you must be doing something right though <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm doing pretty yeah, clearly, I, pretty clearly I've, something right. I talked to a lot of trainers this year and kind of built my own training plan just of off of talking to different people and kind of mm-hmm. what I can do on my own. Um, I think this next year I need to step up and actually probably purchase a trainer. Mm. So if there's mm. anyone out there that's willing to help a guy out, you mean <laughs> just a trainer where you put your bike in there and no, no, like an actual person trainer, a coach. yeah, coach oh. to help me go to the next level yeah i think as long as you stick to all like hate like not wanting to lose that helps yeah Yeah. you know i I mean i mean not saying of course everyone out there doesn't but like i'm talking to you for the last year i know that you have drive i think even more than some of the people who get coaches which is like a big thing because like it's not of course all mental but if you like keep at it and well, yeah, a lot of it is. I feel a lot of it is mental, too, though. Yeah. Like you, the will to succeed. Yeah, and just push yourself. And even when you get past that point of you think you can't go anymore, just go a little more. See how far you mm-hmm. can really mm-hmm. go before you actually do break. Because you're, you'd be surprised what your body can do for you. Right. Um, and for the listeners, you might be think, wondering or thinking maybe – you know, oh, it must be nice to be able to train all this and everything. I mean, Dan works a full-time job, and yeah, he's a regular guy. 40 to 60 hours a week uh, with some overtime. Um, yeah, I'm just a regular dude, just like likes riding my bike. <laughs> yeah, pretty inspirational. Pretty cool to see kind of you've always been a really good member. You know, as a member of the team, you've always represented really well and been really competitive, and it's and you've always been the kind of racer who seems like they're having fun and being respectful of everyone. But like the last year or 18 months, it seems like you just really turned a corner. Yeah. I, well, like I said, I the last two years I raced, um, cat two and the local stuff and I got on the podium for the year and stuff. And so I knew it was time to step up. I didn't want to be one of those guys that stayed in somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I knew if I was stepping up that I had to step up my game too. And so, yeah, the last last year, I've really just, that's all I do is just ride my bike and work, really. Um, just train. That's, I just love riding my bike. <clears throat> but like, again, like I said, just, I tried to use every mile count, make it work for me. Um, yeah. I remember Brian, Brian from the shop um, used to talk about um, Leadville, you know, in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Yeah. I think I was looking at the times and he's, you know, he, he is pretty com- actually very competitive, pretty competitive, but I think 8.37 was his time. Um, and uh, he would always, you know, he, he would, he had mentioned uh, Dave Weens yeah. um, of past Leadville, you know, legend. Oh, yeah. um, and he was always impressed with like, yeah, you meet the guy and he's, he's got a full-time job. He's got a family and he's crushing it with like 630 times. At, yeah. And so, um, you know, you, you strike me as the, as the type of individual who, who is, uh, cut from that same mold. Uh, thank you. That's <laughs> wow. I appreciate that. That's, um, I, I would love to fit that mold. I would love to try to be, 
Next year, six thirty. Six thirty, man. <laughs> I, I would, I would love to be. My goal is uh, sub eight next year. Um, I hope. I think I could go. I hope I could go uh, like seven thirty at least next year. Nice. That's, What's that's, the the winner? Who? What were their so times? I think Howie Gratz was a. Gosh, I want to say a, like a six oh three. Something like that. I think the. But there's tons of people who are super proud of their nine and a half hours. Oh, no, gosh. no, there should be. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I'm I mean, not, should be. I'm there's not people saying like do better. You know, I'm just saying like are finishing it in a 10, 11 hours, and I mean, and they're and stoked. Accomplishments. And, yeah, yeah, and, and I'm stoked for them. I mean, those are some of the people that they can only train five hours a week. They have kids or whatever. You know, they can only do that. Um, and it's just kind of one of those bucket list deals that they just want to finish. Um, to me, I, I, I do want to just finish everything I race, but I also want to do good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're gonna do I, any other any other big endurance races next year? You think? So yeah, next year my goal is to uh, step up and I want to race. Um, try to race all of those epic series. I want to do that. Also, I want to go to the XC Nationals and Marathon Nationals mm-hmm. next year and try to win a national title. Brian always talked about the Breck Epic being one of the really fun ones with a lot of single track. That's the That's, that just happened. Dude. That is actually yeah, a week before it finishes like Friday and then Leadville Saturday. Oh yeah, it's tough to do both. So I mean, I would like to do that. Yeah. But they, they <laughs> Epic, I think they have like a three day and then a the six day six day. Yeah. So you can do a three day. But. I think I would do the six day. Yeah. And then go try to do Leadville. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I think that would be awesome. See, also, would like to do that Park City point to point, which is like seventy five miles and. I think 12,000 feet and they just had it last week. And then it's, I think 90% single track mm. and you got to kind of figure out your own way on the single track or which way to go. Yeah. So that sounds pretty fun one too. Well, and I've never ridden with you, but I know what, I, one of the things I, I kind of sense that I really think is cool is you're not one of these endurance riders. Like you like to have fun in your bike. You oh, like yeah. to shred. I love, I like, I wish I could have multiple bikes and I love, you like to fun. get your wheels off the ground. Yeah, yeah, your, I love it. your ride fantasy is just pain <laughs> cave all day, every day. No, no, you got to have some fun <laughs> on the bike. Um, yeah, I, like I love going and like chasing guys going downhill, and especially on my XC bike, see how fast I can go on it. And I mean, yeah, no, it's pretty fun pushing. Not pushing it to the limits, but I can tell just kind of by how you look at your bike and like how your bike <laughs> is set up, and <laughs> how you talk about riding that yeah. you're not just one of these like. Cadence, heart rate monitor, pat wattage, that's it. No, like, no. Especially since he doesn't have which a heart is, rate monitor or, or, a, cool. or a power, um, power meter. Yeah, I, I remember I talked to uh, Carl Decker because we had him on the show early on in the podcast. And I talked to him quite a few years ago. Um, and he does training. I was like, hey, do I need a power meter or what? Because he was, you know, would train remotely. And he's like, no, I, I don't do that. I don't know. Like I, I, I ride with a lot of guys. They have their power meter, and you know, it makes sense to me. Yeah. I don't. But I, like I said, I got. I went away from the heart rate monitor just because it was. You're constantly looking down, and I hate riding with people that are like, "Oh, today I only have to be in you know zone two. I'm like, well, today is not zone two for me, so we can't ride together. You know, like <laughs> I'm riding. Like, so it's just I don't know. I don't whatever like a lot of people train off their heart rate and then i yeah, just don't I feel think like some need personalities need need some sort of pressure or some sort of everyday goal or and and reward and feedback of doing better yeah and some people are more just like 
want to leave their hung, tongue hanging out at the end of the day. Or yeah, well, this is kind of like a big stress reliever too. I feel <laughs> like you could just go mash the pedals and kind of helps you forget about life. Or yeah. sometimes you find out you can hours. pedal harder, more watts than you thought you could. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was that, that felt like a lot of watts. That was more watts than I thought I could put out. Yeah. <laughs> Did. Did you ever look into? I remember there was something called like the RPE scale or like our the preserved, pers- perceived. perceived exertion scale or something like that. And it was like a zero to six. And I remember looking at some training plans and they were like, well, you can do it this way. And it had like descriptors for each like zone. Like if you're breathing heavy, if you can have a conversation, if you, you know, feel like you're going to pass out, like it, it was kind of oh, like that. No, like you no, can no, judge never. it without a heart rate monitor kind of thing. It was like an early method of trying, trying. to put you into a, a zone. And it was certain like physical markers that you would, uh, I guess you would I, do. And then I, you'd follow the training plan accordingly. I guess I didn't realize that, but I do do that. Like you can, you, right. know, you can feel yourself like if you can carry on a conversation right. going up Columbine, like, well, I guess I can push a little harder, you know, if, <laughs> if I could sit here and still talk. Right. right. Well, um, what going back to Leadville and, kind of how you felt what was your game plan as far as you went kind of slow at the beginning and then um my plan was like to go 80 percent to the turnaround point um people i've talked to that have done it multiple times that's what they they told me their plan was so i was trying to kind of base it off theirs because we're around the same speed so i was trying to just base it off that deal um i don't know like like i said my buddy that i rode with he (laughs) we're going up columbine together and uh he's like hey hey, like calm down like you're pushing a little hard and i'm like well i didn't feel like i was like i feel good so then i calmed down a little bit and then he goes by me and drops me yeah so it's like that is he playing mental games with you? <laughs> i think so like so you're like now, really leadville <laughs> kind of be the whiskey 50 yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um i mean it was cool like like i said he he beat me fair and square but i also you know I wasn't too far off him, and I smashed my goal that I wanted to do. So that was all I really cared about. Sweet. Yeah, that, so um, a lot of people don't know it's a running race too, right? Or it started yeah. as a running race? So, yeah, it started as a running race, and it was to – so the mines there in Leadville shut down, and so this one of the guys that was a foreman, Ken Cobbler, I believe his name is, he decided he wanted to do something to bring the economy back to the city or to the town. So he – decided at one point was to, hey, if we have like a 100-mile race, these people are definitely going to spend the night, right? That was <laughs> right. their thought. So they're going to spend money on a hotel room or housing and food. and So that's what he started with, and then it then it evolved also into the mountain bike race. Um, so the week after the mountain bike race, they have the Tahoe Trail 100 run, but there also is a deal called the Lead Man and the Lead Woman, in which is they have a... I think it's like they have this Silver Rush 50 mountain bike race in Leadville um, early in the, earlier in the year in the summer, which is a 50 miler, and then they have like a 10k. <coughs> so then they have the 100 mile mountain bike race, and then they have the 10k run, and then the following weekend they have the 100 mile run. So you have to do all those events to qualify for that lead man and lead woman. And oh, there was wow. people that were yeah, the guy that actually won the run this year was like 14th overall in the mountain bike race no way wow he was a pretty beast yeah and that's Um, the weekend before the weekend after the mountain bike race oh okay (laughs) crazy yeah that's that's pretty awesome it's uh um do you know which one's more popular the run or the or the 
mountain bike race? I don't know. I mean, it, just by looking on social media, they kind of look like they're both about the same. About 2,000 people yeah. each. Well, they cap it at so many that can get into it. Mm. So that's kind of their big thing. It's kind of a hard race to get into. Like I said, I tried through their lottery system for the last two years, and I couldn't. I never Have you looked fun. at the cream puff at all? No, but you're the second person that's yeah, asked that me about that. Cool. I think that's through some really awesome areas in yeah. Oak Ridge and really fun trails. It's I would have to two look into that. Fifty-mile loops. If I recall I vaguely, I've heard that that might be one of the toughest hundred milers. I think it is. I know yeah. Leslie Williams has done it. Also, probably some of the best descending. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I might be speaking ignorantly, but that's my impression. Yeah. <laughs> so that sounds like super fun. Then. No, I think <laughs> I think so. A couple of guys at the shop wanted to do it, and I think they went up there for just a riding trip. And they did like half of it, like half of one of the loops of 25 miles. And they're like, mm, I can't do <laughs> two 50-mile <laughs> loops. They're like, no. But it a, is great riding up there. I did a quarter of the cream puff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Dan could do it. I would, I would like to try it. I would yeah. Like I would try it. So. And just to ride in new places is always pretty. Yeah. Pr- that's the best part of the, the like endurance, the long distance races and the, you know, traveling that far is the... The places you get to go. The road trip, the travel, yeah. the destination. Yeah. Just, and the hanging out with all your buddies at the races is always just an awesome time. Yeah, I love that scene. I love that vibe and the road trip feel and stopping on the side of the highway. and Just sleeping in a And giving yourself time. <laughs> giving yourself time to go to yeah. Moab and Brian Head. So what advice would you have? I mean, I think just finishing Leadville is an accomplishment. Right, oh, and for you kind sure, of yes. touched on it a little bit. Um, for for other people, for our listeners, um, maybe myself included, um, what are some of tips that you would have to to prep yourself uh, to do an event like Leadville? Uh, definitely, just ride your bike. Like I said again, just go out and ride your have fun on your bike, but put in like solid miles if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, Set your goal that you know that you can get to also. And again, it's just, I don't know. It's to me, it's just having fun. Just remember one thing a guy told me before I went to Leadville, cause I was just starting to get super nervous and everything. He's all, dude, just remember, like you made it mm. smile. Right. Like if you want, stop and take a picture. <laughs> which I, right. of course I'm not going to, but right. yeah, you know, just, just remember that. Um, but the preparation, it's just basically just riding, riding your bike. I don't, I'm not a big health food guy. Um, you know, I, I, I just ride my bike. That's, I mean, you're eating like McDonald's. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, right. I'll throw down some Del Taco. That's for sure. A little chicken burritos. It's good to yeah. see. Yeah. It's good to see some diversity no, in the diet of health, a, healthy athletes. Tell you, tell you a story. We were at like uh, Sea Otter this year, and they're all making fun of me because my pre-race breakfast was a monster in Pop-Tart. Nice. <laughs> I've, I've heard Pop-Tart before from yeah. like a really good fast rider. He's like Pop-Tarts and Oreos. I've actually heard that quite a bit from very... Fat, you know, not that Oreos make you fast, but from lots. No, of they, do. they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give a plug out to Oreo cookies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the filling first. Next year. Only the double filling ones. But, <laughs> yeah, double yeah. stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny. So now y- you've you finished it. You got the big belt buckle. Does this for 
lack of a better term, get you in the club? Like you're in next year, right? So that's the funny thing. We keep we can't find out really a straight answer. Um, my buddy Brian that I went out there with, he also we were trying to figure this out. We were told that if you went sub nine, that you're kind of automatically in. It's kind right. of a thing that you're in. Um, he emailed them the race promoters. They told him no that the draw is completely random. But also when you go to fill out your draw form for the lottery it has all these questions like so did you did you volunteer at any leadville series races did you volunteer at leadville did do you race leadville did you race any of the leadville qualifiers and if you mark yes to me it feels like maybe it's like a point system so Uh, like yeah the more points that you get because like people they went all the way out to leadville i met a guy from texas that went to leadville just to volunteer his time so he can try to get in next year Wow. I think yeah. this is one of the so. points of contention with Leadville is the lack of transparency on the on the bid to enter. Yeah, because I mean, there's guys. Because I've heard of con- this kind of like it generates, I think, some controversy and some some uncertainty and some feelings like people feel like like oh, I, they told me I, I, if I volunteer, it's not going to help. But then everyone who volunteered got in, and I didn't. And yeah. Like, well, there's guys that have raced a year, the race twenty five years. Or 22 years in a row. Wow. And they keep getting in. They keep getting in. Just so, luck of the draw. Yeah, come on. I mean, in they're, not, they're not going to qualifiers to get in. Right. In my opinion. So I'm hoping that, uh, like, this weekend coming up is actually the first qualifier for 2019. It was the barn burner in Flagstaff. And I thought about going. I was on a total high when I was leaving Leadville. And then now I'm like, oh, them all. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, I'm good. I've actually taken like a couple weeks off the bike and right. been having fun on like the bigger, bigger bikes. Which has been rad. Yeah, you got uh, some scabs from yeah. uh, Sky Park. Yeah, the, uh-huh. that was a good. We time. gotta go ride Sky Park. I'm down. Yeah, that place is rad. I'm finally Very fun. Finally able to hit everything there besides the comet tree line yeah. stuff. <laughs> uh, that was so. It's fun. Yeah, awesome. You'll hit comet soon. I mean, I'll, I'll do all the smaller stuff on comet, but like the ones that like go up in the trees and around and. Like uh, that big step up. I don't think they the big step up. Yeah, but the the drop right before that, they so they have that wood ramp and then around the tree it's pretty tight and little Blake Ray had to show me how to do that. (laughs) He's (laughs) the man. Do that kid's raw. Yeah, he rocks. He's awesome. Sweet. Yeah, that that, I mean that race definitely is is like the the showcase too. Yeah, it's 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 really the 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 primo one hundred miler. It was. Yeah, I felt that's how I feel. Um, yeah. A lot of people, some people don't feel that way. They feel it's kind of a road road bikers race. Um, there are a lot of, in better terms, roadies that go to that race, but it's in my opinion, it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. It yeah. was uh, as in like difficulty wise. Yeah, um, I think you should do the cream puff. Let's do it. Me. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's also the, called the cream puff. Every time someone says it, I like smile. I'm like, that's I'll cook you burgers uh, after. Dude, that would be <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll we can we can van life it out there. Yeah. Right? I would be stoked on that. Yeah. We can podcast <laughs> at the end of the race. That's, yeah, they that have would, a good little rad. area where you can camp. Give me like an hour, and then that's where they the Did you ever do our local endurance race, the VQ? I have not. I got into it. I want to say 10 years ago and I was up at Mammoth doing some like altitude training with a group of guys and on our way back down, I hit one of the wall rides and dislocated my ankle. (laughs) So it put me out of that race and then I've never really had any interest in going back. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Um, so you're talking about these corrals at the start. I'm curious, how, how do you get assigned? So it's, uh, so if you like, say you get in on the lottery, you're like in the back, you're in the white corral, the last corral. Um, but you but said then, there's like 10 of them. Right? Yeah. Okay. So to, they base off, like if you go to a qualifier, so like if I got in through the lottery again and I knew I was going to be in the white corral, I would go to a qualifier and then they'd take your time from that qualifier and that's what corral you're based out of. So okay. I was, uh, I knew I, I mean, I should have been in, I felt in the silver corral, but I kind of, I bonked pretty hard at Tahoe. So, it, but you still did me. well in Tahoe. Yeah. I, mean, I did okay in Tahoe. Not as well good enough as, to get in a good enough yeah. spot. Yeah. Yeah. To get in a decent corral there, but I would like With to have Todd been. Wells. Yeah. I was going to say, well, Todd <laughs> Wells was, let me go back to that. Why he was in the same corral. I was okay. it probably does. People are probably wondering what the heck. Um, he was actually doing a pro training camp with a construction zone racing group. So he was kind of helped them throughout like the couple weeks leading up to Leadville, but then also rode with that team mm. to help oh, them get it. like pace him kind of deal through. So race. he didn't run his own race. He didn't run his own. Time. No, he didn't. But he was like, I mean, it was cool to sit on his wheel. <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely hammering out of the gate because he was trying to help his guys get to the St. Or Keegan, or Keegan's climb. And maybe him. you were helping him. Um, maybe you were helping him pull his team because he's like, oh, who's this guy? I guess I got to pull him along. Yeah, you yeah, know, you yeah, know? he's like. I mean, I definitely, I jumped out there and I, because I always feel like I have to do my part too. I don't right. just sit on everyone, someone's wheel for all day. I wish I could, but I hate being behind people anyways. So <laughs> You're a giver. Yeah. So that's par- part of my problem. How did Todd end up doing? He actually, he didn't finish the race. He was helping uh, his team. Get that was the plan the all yeah, along. That was his plan all along. But it was, it was still cool to, I, I just looked over and was like, holy I'll God. do that with you at Green Puff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Line up. <laughs> Ride a segment of it with you. Sit on your wheel. <laughs> I'll sit on your yeah. wheel for a while. You could do like a team deal. You could do the downhill. I'll do the climbing. Yeah. <laughs> um. that, I think Cream Puff is where, that's where the um, Sturdy Dirty was that yeah, I did. it's in Oak Ridge. Oak Ridge, yeah. Really I mean, beautiful. there's a lot more. They use a lot mm, more trails. But. Right. One of my favorite places to just hang out. Yeah. It's a cute little town. I want to check that out. Yeah. I'm going to Google that as soon as we leave here. <laughs> <laughs> Cream puff. Can't forget it. Nice. If you, if you see Brian in the shop, uh, talk to him about it as well. I, I think he's written it. That might have been the one who cause someone else was mentioning Greg, it to me. Was Greg, it Greg always Greg? does okay. it. Yeah. Well, he doesn't always do it, but he always brings it up. Has he done it? No, he's the one that did 25 um, <laughs> and tapped out. I think Brian has I, actually done it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like and Leslie, Leslie Williams has done it, I believe, too. Yep, yep. Leslie from the team. team. Yeah. 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 Back in the day. And I think Eric might have done it as well. Probably. Maybe. Maybe he did the 25. <laughs> he listens to the podcast, so he'll, Eric, he'll let Eric us can, know. Eric can ride all day. Yeah, he's, yeah. Ride he's all not day. cross country fast like like his yeah. wife, but but I bet he could probably turn in a. I think he's I think he's actually done it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that out there. Yeah, that'd and, be fun. And this year, Larissa won the girls, right? Yes, yeah. Larissa won. It was actually really cool. Um, as I was cresting the top of the turnaround of uh, Columbine climb, she was descending down and she of course had a big old smile on her face as usual. Yeah. And singing some song. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it was cool. She, we were high fiving each other. Uh, we have a big joke. I call her my coach. And so I was rooting for her as she was coming down and she was rooting for me as I was going up. But, uh, there was a lot of SoCal guys out there. What was Lewis's time? Do you know? I think she was a uh, eight Oh five. Nice. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm, I, I want to nice. say it was right around 
beat she might have been she might have even been faster than that. It that might puts been, it in good perspective that you were in her neighborhood. She might have even been like a seven fifty or something like that. But she was not yeah. too far. She's probably like twenty minutes off. She's a real stud. <laughs> real stud. Yeah, she, she <laughs> is. She just yeah. She just won the Park City. Oh, did she point really? to point again this last weekend? Yeah. Wow. So she's nice. quite on a roll this year for the endurance stuff. Yeah. She asked a bunch of us girls to go riding tonight. I was like, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> <laughs> chill ride. It's like when I go riding with Dan, he's like, it's just going to be a mellow ride. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, come on, push it. Don't stop. He's like, stop breathing until that pole. Or, you know, like, keep going. Just trying to help her. She <laughs> yeah. says she wanted to it's get a in. mellow so. ride. <laughs> mellow pace. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Larissa would probably do the same thing. Yeah. Um, is there anything you like shout out to your Instagram or anything like that? Oh yeah. If you guys want to follow me, my Instagram is, um, LT Dan Blurton. Um, yeah. At Lieutenant Dan Blurton at on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Go check it out. I, I post a lot of just about my mountain bike racing. I, that's basically what I use it for. Yeah. Uh, huge shout out to the path bike shop for all the help you guys have given me this year. Kenda tire Roger. He's uh, quite the stud. Uh, we see a stay true wheels. Uh, my mom. I got to give my mom some love. She's been awesome, very supportive of all the my racing and stuff. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a few. Are you a veteran? I know. No, I, no, I'm not. Uh, the whole Lieutenant Dan thing was from the Forrest Gump thing. Nice, so, <laughs> nice. Uh, probably back in my drinking days. <laughs> nice. Um, what else? What else? What, I, I know you have some other good history other than mountain biking. You were. Let's, let's so, just touch briefly <laughs> on the rodeo stuff. Okay, so yeah. go ahead. Yeah, how did you get to know how to manage, you know, <laughs> cows? cows. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up in a, well, I went to high school in a, a town up in Lone Pine, California. I grew up in Ridgecrest, California. Love Lone Pine. Um, so I, I started rodeoing <laughs> when I was 12. Like riding bulls. Well, yeah, riding, well, I was riding like steers and calves back then. When, when you're was, 12. Yeah, when I'm 12. And started when I was going to school up there, I got in with the ranchers and was working with the ranchers nice. for the local ranches up there. And always, ever since I was a little kid, dreamed of being a cowboy. Uh, that's all I ever wanted to do. My Fish parents. meal days. Oh, yeah. We loved it up there. <laughs> but we used to have a lot of fun. My parents, they both were not um, cowboys or cowgirls or worked on ranches or any of that. So I got into it on my own. Started doing that. My mom hauled me all over the state going to junior rodeos. Um, did high school rodeos and high school rodeos. I rode bulls and, um, bucking horses, bareback riding. Um, I rode bulls until I, wa- I seen a friend get killed riding bulls. Mm. I was about to ask it, it. It's gotta be so dangerous. It, I mean, it was, I mean, it just kind of was, he was, I don't know. It was, um, he got stepped on and it just, one of those things, it, it happened. It was, uh, it kind of opened my eyes to it a little bit. A little but, higher risk than mountain biking. Yeah, definitely higher risk than mountain biking. But, <laughs> so I, and to me, bull riding wasn't, I mean, it, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It's very hard. But riding bucking horses was a lot harder. They jumped a lot harder. They, they were faster. They, you know, if you got kicked by one, they kicked a lot harder. They just didn't come after you when you got off of them. So you've been kicked by yeah. a horse? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've broken my oh, cheekbone right here. I've oh, man. landed on, yeah, I've broken a lot of bones from riding bucking horses. <laughs> um, got kicked in the butt and was black and blue from the back all the way down the my leg <laughs> pretty gnarly but uh we so i did that i went to college rodeoing uh started rodeoing professionally 
you know, was making a little bit of money and was kind of, wow, I don't really need a job or go to school, you know? So yeah, that dropped out of college, moved to Texas and started doing some rodeos out there. Finally, my mom got tired of trying to help me. <laughs> so she <laughs> bought me a plane ticket home. So I came home and got a job and then, uh, basically saved enough money until I could get back rodeoing again. So rodeoed until 2004 where, uh, was it 2000? 2004, July 1st, 2004, where I got hung up to a horse in Folsom, California and stepped all over me and ended up breaking my leg and tearing a bunch of ligaments in my knee and my ankle, broke my ankle. And uh, they, at the time when I went into surgery, didn't know if they were going to cut it off Ooh, um, because wow. I had a deal. I don't know if you guys have heard of compartment syndrome. Yeah. Where the leg filled up with so much fluid that it was mm. cut the circulation off from the knee down. So I didn't know if I was waking up with a knee, but. So do, I, you, do you have the long scar? Do they have to like slice yeah, you all actually, the way open? Oh, take it is, right gosh. Oh, yeah. They packed 300 yards of gauze in that hole. Wow. Every day for, for like a week and a half while I was in the hospital. Ooh. So that was, and then of course, while I was in the hospital, I got like staph infections. So. Oh, fun. Yeah, then there was that <laughs> other <laughs> deal. Oh, so, man. But when I got out of there, I kind of was staying with my mom and realized that it wasn't really fair to her to take care of her 24-year-old kid. Um, you know, you know, at that time I was like in a wheelchair and then little crutches trying to get around. And so I decided to quit and be normal, whatever normal is, but, uh, <laughs> new normal. Yeah. Trying to figure <laughs> out that. But I, so I, like before that I, I raced mountain bikes as a kid, I raced a little bit of motocross and then, cause that's what my dad did. And then I got into mountain biking and you know, when they had the Norba nationals at mammoth and, and gosh, I can't remember like early nineties. And had a lot of fun as I think when the Rock Shocks first came out. I remember I put them on my Schwinn Moab. Hardtail was so stoked on that. <laughs> but oh, then yeah. was it one of those uh, like bass boat finished ones? <laughs> yes, it was actually the green. Those are so cool. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, and then I had all anodized purple stuff all over it because nice. uh, you, had to, you had to. Yeah. Right? So yeah, so that was kind of my backstory. And then when I quit rodeo, and um, I still had that adrenaline, I guess, feel that. I needed to fix, so I bought a dirt bike, which I don't know if that was too much smarter. <laughs> <laughs> so I raced a little bit of motocross uh, with that, and then I got back into mountain biking. And actually, um, I don't know if you guys ever remember or heard of Bionicon bikes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Push the button, the fork goes down, yeah, the bike goes up. So they were, Bionicon USA was based in Ridgecrest, California, and um, Paul Ferris was running it, and another guy, I think Mick DeMinn or something like that. Anyway, became buddies with them, and uh, kind of, I was coming down here to Orange County a lot, and so they hooked me up on a bike deal, and they're like, hey, like, wrap our bike for us down in Orange County, so I did, so I started riding one of their bikes for them, and just kind of, yeah, whatever, helping them out whatever way I could, just trying to, just trying to get a good deal on a bike, basically, Hmm. and then I got, sold that bike, and then got out of mountain biking for about four years, and about... I would say four years ago we got back into it and yeah it's kind of been downhill ever since <laughs> <laughs> well that's awesome uh, that's a yeah. good story I'm glad you didn't get kicked too much harder by that horse yeah thanks I me too <laughs> sounds like it was pretty yeah. close yeah I mean, so every time you finish a race and you ride a big ride do you ever just think about that and just super grateful no. Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I, there's trust me. There's days I miss that whole lifestyle of like living on the road, traveling from rodeos to different rodeos. But 
the I mean, glory. That, he missed the glory, probably. Yeah, like just conquering a beast, you know. That was a pretty rad feeling. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, so to win in the buckle at Leadville was like I I I wear it. I actually wear it all the time. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, he shut up to over the hump the next day. <laughs> for sure. He's like eyes down here. Got to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm sure you had plenty of belts, though. Yeah. Well, actually, so funny story. We got to Leadville, and they have a store there, and they have a, like, in the store, you can buy a belt, and it's all, like, a really nice leather belt, and it's um, engraved, the ta- or I keep Leadville. Saying, Leadville Trail 100, and really cool-looking belt. And my buddy I was with, he was like, dude, we got to buy belts. We got to buy belts. And I'm like, no. Or like, until I know I'm getting a buckle, I'm not buying a belt. Yeah. <laughs> just jinx me. Don't want to be presumptuous. Yeah. yeah, so so as soon as we finished, we like basically went to the house, showered, and went back to the store and bought belts. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Nice. So, That's awesome. So my belt buckle also melted. They should have raised the price. Like, <laughs> I, mean, there, I mean, there was 50 bucks for a belt, so yeah. Yeah. like the cheapest belt in the world. No. Yeah. But That's awesome. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I uh I did the Grizzly 100, which is the 100k. Everybody yeah. gets a belt; it's no big deal, right? And uh, but I was like, oh, I don't have a belt, and I had to go to like Boot Barn. Like, I don't <laughs> know my way around there. <laughs> nice. Like, I need a belt. I have a new like, buckle. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, <laughs> it was pretty uh, funny. I I was definitely fish out of water in that store. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that that's a fun race too. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think that one it's it's a pretty cool event. And that's coming up at the end of September too. Yeah. It is, yeah. Actually same day as uh, Illusion Bruce. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's where I'll be. Nice. Hopefully. That's not a qualifier for <laughs> no, no, no. It's just a it's a standalone. Yeah, it's an NUE race, actually. They I, I think it is. This year's the last NUE race, I believe. Okay. So there should be some really fast guys there. I did it the first year and their turnout was really low because everybody the NUE guys were all like, this isn't a hundred miles. Yeah. And so yeah. they didn't, uh, I think the first year it happened, they, the turnout was really low. And yeah. that first year they had some closures. We did SART twice. Oh, we wow. did like two laps of SART mm. and then came back over Radford. That Radford though, that's a gnarly little road climb. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just rough and rocky and exposed uh, and ex- hot, exposed and, and hot <laughs> and kind of deep into the day. Yeah. And you're like, so seeing people crying and puking and all that. <laughs> it, it was tough. Good times. Yeah. Good, good race though. Good course. Lots of good yeah, tracks. So. Definitely. So, yeah. I think we might've just recorded a podcast. I, I, oh, yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> Anyone, that just Dan, happened. Parting shots. No, I just thank you guys for having me on here again. Huge shout out to path bike shop for having me on their team and helping me out as much as they do. Thanks for coming. It's, it's actually a real honor to be able to support people like you, Dan. Well, thank you. Um, for Nathan and Ock, and with special thanks to Dan and Megan, love the bike you ride. Right.